Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. I'm Greg. And I'm Erin. We've been married for 31 years. We're marriage counselors, and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Today, we're going to tackle how you can create positive and helpful habits in your life in order to strengthen your marriage. Habits like godly self-care, fostering gratitude, setting boundaries, seeking out counseling for personal growth, or maybe practicing forgiveness. Yeah, this is something that a lot of people can practically implement into their lives. You know, remember, you can't give what you don't have. And a habit that, that I started that had a real positive impact on our marriage was really exercising in the morning. I used to, I think I used to do that more in the evenings, but then as I got older, it mm-hmm. was harder. So I really made a point to go, I'm now I'm going to get up early. I remember one time there was a pool near our house that, that, that I would go and swim at. Mm-hmm. So early in the morning and I'll never forget I was swimming, you know, I'm just, I mean, enjoying swimming. I kind of was in the deep end and did my little kick turn heading back the other way when all of a sudden, you remember this is an outdoor pool. So all of a sudden, something out of nowhere jumps into the pool onto my back. So all I remember is diving deep, you know, and looking up with my little swim goggles, which are hard. <laughs> you can't really see clearly anyway in those. But I just could see something paddling. And it had a lot of fur, and it was brown in color. So again, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, a mountain lion has just attacked me to kill me. So I swam as quick as I could to the to the shallow end and kind of popped out of the water to just to flee and realize that it was a stupid golden <laughs> retriever dog that had seen me swimming and loved to swim and wanted to be fun happy. and happy and be playful but I'll never forget how terrifying that was so it didn't deter me though I continued to swim early mm-hmm. in the mornings and you know my encouragement is just you know figure out you know, what, what is that thing that's going to bring you life or it's going to bring you rest? I mean, something that you're going to do that's going to help you have something to give within your relationship. You know, we've got some great segments coming up. You know, later on, Aaron and I will be discussing how you can give your spouse good feedback. So this is a good topic. Yes, it you is. Know, we're going to demonstrate how to really do this. Mm. You know, we're also going to hear from one of our listeners, and she wants to know, why is her spouse so defensive all the time? And my first thought is, why did Aaron decide to leave a voicemail <laughs> for our show? Why couldn't she just come right out and say, this is me? So of the two of us, right, I'm the one that usually yeah, struggles gets more defensive. with defensiveness. Yes. But first, we're going to hear more from Dr. Randy Schrader about habits that make a big difference in strengthening your marriage. I absolutely loved this interview. He's an author and speaker with some great, great insights. So let's listen to the conversation that actually I had with Randy. So I'm going to jump right in. What would you say, Randy, as far as you briefly share in your information for practical wisdom habits? So can you talk about what those are and how they're applied? They are absolutely essential for every marriage, Aaron. And and I really wish, and that's chapter two in uh, Simple Habits for Marital Happiness, I would have 
called that chapter Stay in Love Habits, Mm. because really, they are, Aaron, fall in love habits. What do couples do when they're dating? Well, Mm -hmm. they give each other lengthy hugs. They give each other lingering kisses. They look into each other's eyes. The eyes are the windows to the heart. They make a heart connection by talking, not just for a brief period of time, but for hours when they're dating, and they do a variety of dates. Mm -hmm. And that needs to continue, Aaron, after marriage. And I would say that probably, sadly, 99% of couples uh, are not doing the stay-in-love habits after marriage. And so what I stress to every couple, uh, and it usually stops, Aaron, I would Mm -hmm. say, after the second or third year of marriage. They become complacent. They start giving each other, Aaron, the brother-sister hug and kiss. And I I stress to them every day, give each other a 10-second meaningful hug, a 10-second plain kiss, that's not a mm. passionate kiss, just uh-huh. making an emotional connection, right. and then looking into each other's eyes for 10 minutes. So mm. that's just 10 minutes and 20 seconds a day, and yet I would say, uh, again, probably 99% of couples don't do that daily, mm. and, and therefore they start drifting apart emotionally, uh, spiritually, mm-hmm. physically, mm-hmm. and uh, and so those those are three of the four staying love habits that are essential. Okay, so you're saying ten minutes, eye to eye, sharing more heart level things, hugging for ten seconds, and then a ten second kiss, and you're saying that will help them to stay connected. It will make a significant difference, and uh, you and I know the high divorce rate. And mm-hmm. I think probably 75% of couples are unhappy. And again, they're not doing those. And that eye-to-eye heart talk, Aaron, if I could just clarify, uh-huh. is not problem talk. The eyes, again, are windows to the heart. This is just making an emotional connection. And uh, I suggest that couples uh, with kids, if they can do three eye-to-eye heart talks a week, 10 minutes, oh. three different days, 30 minutes a week, God bless that couple, because that is hard to do when you have kids. I mean, my wife and I have been married 48 years. We started dating 50 years ago, and so we have two two married sons uh, in their 40s. And I can tell you, even though I'm a marriage expert and have helped over 2,000 couples achieve a happy marriage, my wife and I could not do the uh, 10-minute eye-to-eye seven days a week. Now, when there's no kids at home, Uh certainly couples need to be able to do 70 minutes a week of just looking into each other's eyes. And that mm-hmm. will uh, make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. The other side of that, Aaron, if I could just add, is the mm-hmm. fact that so many couples struggle in the area of sexual intimacy, mm-hmm. if they're not doing eye-to-eye heart talks and a 10-second hug, 10-second kiss outside the bedroom, that leads over to struggles in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, talking to a couple this morning, um, telling them, because I, I will often encourage the 10 minutes per day, but I like when you have kids, you know, at least three times a week, do that 10 minutes eye to eye. And their their response was, yeah, our son, the only time that we have alone is after he goes to bed. And, and I'm like, well, how are you using that time to connect? Because, you know, they're tired, they're exhausted. So we talked about some different ways that they could instill that 10 minutes of heart connection. And then who's initiating the hugs? Who's initiating the kiss? Just so important for that connection to happen. But also returning to dating and going back to those things, like you said, they used to do. 
um, before they got married? What what did that look like in their life? And so they were exploring that even this morning. So you also talk about in your book that, you know, often we expect our spouse to read our mind, and especially if we're going through a hard time. So why is it important from your perspective to tell your spouse how to help you when you're struggling? Aaron, if I could go back to the uh, 10-second hug, 10-second kiss, Mm -hmm. one of the things Uh that I I suggest to all couples, because when couples are in a struggling relationship, they often are also in a power struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, who's Mm -hmm. going to make things better? And so I suggest on the even dates, the wife initiate, I call it the three tens, the 10-minute eye-to-eye, the 10-second hug, 10-second kiss. On the odd dates, then... The husband would initiate the three tens, and hopefully it can become natural, especially with couples that uh, do not have kids under the roof. So, but yeah, that's one way to overcome that power struggle. Okay. And it is essential, Aaron, that couples know how to comfort each other Mm. uh, because spouses are going to go through low moods. They're going to go through tough times. And I've heard uh, the question or the statement to me, Aaron, over and over where spouses will say, you know, I'm going through a tough time. Why doesn't my partner support Mm -hmm. me? Mm -hmm. Why don't they comfort me? And I come back with, how do you want to be comforted? And Mm -hmm. they'll say, I don't know how I want to be comforted, but my my spouse should know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but they should know. (laughs) Yes. And so I say, well, if you don't know how to be comforted, well, then your spouse is not going to know. And so it is essential that couples, uh, the husband and the wife, write down five phrases that they would like to hear for comfort when they're going through, again, a low mood or a tough time. And some of those phrases could be, with God's help, you're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. I love you. You're special to you to me. I care deeply about you. Uh, let's pray together. Mm-hmm. They each write down what five phrases they want to hear independently, mm-hmm. and then they also write down five actions that they would like to see their spouse do to comfort them. Huh. And those actions could be, you know, give me a 10-second neck massage. Give me a, a big, lengthy 10-second hug. Uh, hold my hand. Uh, sit next to me on the sofa and just talk to me yeah. uh, for a few minutes, or yeah. let me go to my office and just sit there and have some quiet time. But then they don't have to guess, and then they exchange Aaron their list. So mm-hmm. that, uh, say, the wife is going through a tough time, the husband can go look at that uh, comfort list okay. of what to do and what to say, and he knows immediately without guessing how to bring comfort uh, to his wife. And that, Mm. I think every couple needs to do that exercise. Mm -hmm. That's powerful because, you know, the way we want to be comforted may not be the same as how our spouse wants to be comforted. And we don't know, like, are we saying something that actually pushes, you know, some buttons? Or is it something that their mom used to say to them and anger? Who knows? So I love that what you're saying, because it's so practical, and it brings it out into the open that this is what I need. This is what is comforting to me. And then no one's guessing. 
Well, Aaron, I'm so jealous that 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 was a great interview that you had. I wish I would. I have really been there. enjoyed that interview. But I really liked how, in listening to it, how he, Randy encourages couples to create a list of ways that they want to be comforted. Mm-hmm. It just it got me thinking about you know what does that look like and sound like for us. And so, let's try his advice. So here's my question, Aaron, to you: How do you like to be comforted when you're upset? when you're hurt. I mean, I even know like you and I were on a walk this morning and mm-hmm. you had gone through a, just a, a hard experience with one of our daughters. Mm-hmm. So we won't get into all that. I mean, that's your story to tell, but you were hurt. You, mm-hmm. you were struggling with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if what I did was helpful, was comforting. So what does that look like for you? <laughs> I'm laughing because I can like, did we go on a walk this morning? <laughs> it was so long ago. <laughs> I what I like when I am hurting is for you to listen mm. and I love it when you reflect back and you validate to go that makes sense mm. like I get it like I and even putting yourself in my shoes with compassion like I would probably have felt the same way that that's rough that's hard and just you know just those sweet things maybe a gentle touch that's all just comforting and yeah. helpful yeah, about, so you, well, what, let me see this. You uh, talked about you like it when I listen to you. So what's the evidence of that I'm li- yeah. like, what, what am I doing that shows you that I'm listening? You reflect back. Okay. So I hear you so saying that that hurt your feelings and that makes sense. And, you know, even thrown in there, I care that that's that you're hurting, you know, and even saying, oh, I'm, you know, I'm warming up and I'm coming up with all kinds of things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> go, um, go for it. You know, I care as well as uh, I'm here yeah. and I'm here to comfort. I'm here. I'm for you. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. So those are just practical yeah, things those, that good. I think are important to talk about. What about for you? Yeah. I think when, when I'm offended by something or hurt by something, and I was thinking, remember the other day, a, a group of guys that, you know, it's not like they're all my best friends, but, you know, we know each other. They all got together. Oh. And, and and it just it just I just felt left out. Uh-huh. Like I usually don't struggle with oh what about me and I feel rejected and abandoned yeah. and all that. But it just I don't know. There was something that I just I'd felt left out. So I told mm-hmm. you that I was mm-hmm. like, well, that was a little hard. They all did something without me. Uh-huh. And so I, I what I liked that you did is that one. The, the physical comfort, mm-hmm. I think you took my hand mm-hmm. and you just kind of held my hand. Mm-hmm. I love that. So a little touch on my shoulder mm-hmm. or holding my hand or, you know, a headbutt, whatever. Really. I mean, <laughs> a headbutt? Did you say headbutt? <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Whatever. As long as it's done in an affectionate way. But I think for me, the biggest thing is I'm thinking about that question mm-hmm. is just you being present. Mm-hmm without having to fix it or mm-hmm. give me advice mm-hmm. in, in, because you didn't like, Oh, you, you know, you should call so-and-so and let them know that, or, mm-hmm. you know, why don't you just go and show up? Or I, I mean, I don't know whatever the advice mm-hmm. might've mm-hmm. been, but you, you just were present. Like, you, you know, holding my hand without having to have some magical phrase or mm-hmm. some big insight into any of it. You just listened. Well, and I do like to often ask, and I, is this helpful? Like, yeah. is there anything I can do to help? Yeah. Because is there anything I can do beyond what I'm doing specifically around this situation to help? Yeah. 
Because I, I, I think you and I, it's easy for us when listening to the other through whatever that challenge is, you know, they're hurt, you're hurt, you're frustrated, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's easy for me to want to relieve that pain. Mm-hmm. And the best way I know to do that is to then help you fix it, solve it. Mm-hmm. But it's just a great reminder that when you were giving me, like, what does that look like? You mentioned not at any level fixing or solving Mm-mm. the problem. It's just a good thing for me to be reminded about that. Yeah. It's really just showing up and mm-hmm. reminding you I'm here with you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's something painful in those moments when I share, um, if it's silent, <laughs> if you say nothing. And I know sometimes it is so comforting to people like just to have somebody sit silently just next to, to be them. Present, yeah. But for me, it's not. Well, when I when I say something, I'm actually wanting a response. I don't want you to fix it, but more repeat back what here's what I'm comfort. hearing that makes sense. Yes, kind of validating, yes. empathizing. Okay, yeah. Well, in <laughs> I mean, I know that we aren't always going to see situations the same, right? Um, but oh, even, so it makes you think if I'm silent, uh-huh. you're thinking, oh, he thinks I'm an idiot or doesn't agree or right. sees it differently. Right. I'm wrong. Right. Uh, right. That's yeah. good. Yeah. See, I wouldn't have known that. Well, that I'm just came to I me. Asked. I know. Yeah. I'm glad I wow. asked. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> yes. Well, if you want to go deeper into the habits that form a healthy marriage, then you can get a copy of Randy's book, Simple Habits for Marital Happiness, Practical Skills and Tools that Build a Strong and Satisfying Relationship for a gift of any amount. It's because of your financial support that we're able to do this podcast. So please donate and get a copy of that book today. Yes, and all the details are in the show notes. Well, Erin, obviously within every marriage, there's going to be times where we want to give each other feedback. I mean, mm-hmm. we need that because yes. we believe in growing as individuals, we believe in growing together as couples. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is knowing how to give and how to receive feedback. So let, mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Because one of my very favorite research studies by a guy named Dr. John Gottman was he found that that one of the big differences in a healthy, strong, you know, vibrant marriage is when the husband is able to accept his wife's influence. Mm-hmm. Now, I wish he would have found that the same is true for a wife accepting her husband's influence. But let's say that it's important for both to accept the other's influence. Mm -hmm. So how do we do that well? How do we accept each other's influence, receive feedback from each other? Mm -hmm. Well, it's so important in how you offer the feedback, when (laughs) you offer the feedback, how you offer the feedback, the tone you use, the soft startup that you begin with. So it's there's many things that you can do if you are the one offering the feedback to lay the foundation um, for it to go well. Yeah, because I think right part of what we encourage people to understand is that if if, if I'm going to offer you feedback, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, this is still I'm I'm talking about you. I'm talking about your heart. I'm talking about mm-hmm. you know things that pertain to you, and I want to respect that. Mm-hmm. We always say your heart. Your decision, therefore, mm-hmm. I need to ask permission to be Correct. invited into that space. You yeah. talk about, you know, 
yards and how we, yes. you know, we just don't run into our neighbor's no, yard. It's important to ask. I, I often will use the analogy of me going to the next door neighbor's house and, you know, I don't like zero scaping. So I go into their yard and I start digging up rocks and start laying sod. And of course, what's the neighbor going to do? The neighbor's going to come out and say, get out of my yard. And then I probably get beat up. So thank you. <laughs> and then the police would come. But same thing is true within a relationship that so often we think that we have free reign, that we can march right into our spouse's yard and, you know, tell them what they're doing wrong, what's not going well in their yard. And it's really just recognizing that it's going to go so much better if we knock on the pretend gate and are we're invited in. If we ask, hey, so I'm seeing some things. Are you open to my feedback? Yeah. You know, can you enter in with me or will, will you allow me to enter in? Yeah. And I just think that's respectful mm-hmm. to do it that way. I think for me, another big one is to make sure that, that we understand the difference between um, someone's behavior in their personality or character, mm-hmm. things that can be changed versus things that can't. Because the reality is, if I just start to say, you know, boy, I just hate that you are like this and you, you know, you're like this and this and this, that that's probably referring to a character issue. Mm-hmm. Probably, you, I'm not sure if you can change that versus mm-hmm. really trying to, to focus in on behaviors. Mm-hmm. Like the other day when you... You know, on our walk, mm-hmm. you know, all of us out of nowhere started to criticize me about something. I did. <laughs> you would never do that. But I mean, that. in other well, words, for me to be able to give you that feedback, hey, that was yes. really hard when you just kind of jumped right into some form of criticism mm-hmm. versus asking me if this was a good time to talk mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. versus saying, I just don't like that, that you're so critical as a person. Right. I mean, that's that's, a broad stroke. But we were with a young, new married couple recently, and I was smiling because I could see that the wife had recognized that her new groom loved to keep boxes and boxes from everything, including the large television. (laughs) And what I love that she said was, you know what? He just likes to keep boxes. So, okay. She was okay with it. Now, It's a whole other thing when you're not okay with it, but you have to allow room for both. So, you know, for example, it would be, you know, giving some feedback. Hey, so this is difficult for me to have a large TV box in our living room. Can we talk about some other options or something that works for both of us? Yeah. But it's also recognizing. Versus why do you have to keep every box? Yes. But it's also recognizing there's things in life that we do differently and that's okay. It's not a matter of criticizing how our spouse does something. Maybe it's better to start initially by trying to understand why do you, why do you do what you do? And not being snarky. curious, yeah, yeah, being curious, really, why are why are you doing that? Please help me understand, um, because there are things that we definitely do different. Yeah, I know for me too. In, in those moments where you you want to give me feedback, mm-hmm. that what's really really helpful is when you limit that to one thing. <laughs> I just looked down and saw that. I, I said, I know he's going to talk about this because, especially as females. So often when we start talking about one thing, it leads to another thought and another thought, and they're all tied together for us. Right. But for you, it, that's not so much. Yeah, yeah it, it loses 
the, the importance of the one thing that mm-hmm. you were trying to to share. If if I'm now I'm listening to five things, one I get super overwhelmed. Now I'm feeling like a complete failure, mm-hmm. and that's triggering me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm now probably not even really listening to you. <laughs> Versus just going, hey, here's one thing. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this this one thing. So, it's so good. Yeah. So good. Well, now we're going to move into our weekly Q&A, and that's the part of the show where we answer your questions about marriage. Please send us your questions. You can click the link in the show notes to go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of our show page to leave us a voicemail. And if your question gets answered on our show, we're going to send you a copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance, for free, as our way of saying thank you for listening and reaching out to us. Well, today's question comes from Aaron. Oh. And it still feels like this is your question because this really is me. So let's listen to the voicemail that she, not my wife, but apparently someone else, another Aaron, sent in. Hi, Greg and Aaron. Why is my spouse so defensive all the time? Yeah, I'm laughing because I still feel like you had something to do with this question. Nothing to do with that. I don't know. Maybe you're feeling convicted. I am because <laughs> we've had this discussion. Mm-hmm. I do get rather defensive when we, you know, are in the middle of conflict or for mm-hmm. trying to discuss something really serious. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm probably mm-hmm. the one between the two of us that gets pretty defensive. So mm-hmm. let's talk about you know why do people get defensive? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a protection. That's how we protect ourselves. Yes, I'm something, merely trying to protect myself. Yes, yeah, something. Well, and if you said that, that would feel so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I got to remember that yes. line. You think about we react with these things to protect ourselves when something tender has been triggered. And I know, Greg, you freely talk about that sometimes when you're defensive, you feel failed. You feel like a failure. Yeah. And so it's so important that when we find ourselves reacting in defensiveness or in any way, you find yourself angry, you find yourself stonewalling and withdrawing, that it's it's such an important question to step back and go, why am I doing what I'm doing right now? What is getting triggered inside of me? But what's my hope here? Another powerful thing to ask is what do I really want here? And I don't know, Greg, so (laughs) when something comes up that's tender and I bring up a topic maybe that puts you in a situation where you find yourself defending, what's getting triggered? What's going on? What is it you really want? Yeah, I I think there's probably two things Mm -hmm. that, that can happen in those moments. I think for one... I might feel very misunderstood, misportrayed, Mm -hmm. like you're misperceiving something that you saw me do or Mm -hmm. felt I did, whatever. Mm -hmm. But just so my hope is that if I can explain it, Mm -hmm. then you'll quickly see that, oh, I just got that wrong or I misinterpreted that or Mm -hmm. whatever it Mm -hmm. is. So on one hand, it's just I'm, I'm going, well, if I can just correct kind of what she's misperceiving here, that everything will be cool. Mm-hmm. But I honestly, probably at a deeper level, uh-huh. what can happen for me is that if you're pointing out something, so you're giving me feedback, you know, mm-hmm. right or wrong, good or mm-hmm. bad. I mean, if, you, if you're not doing it in a you know healthy way, as mm-hmm. I would look at it, I think what's going on for me is there's probably a fear mm-hmm. 
that if what you're saying is true mm-hmm. and I'm really this way, that ultimately means you're not going to want to be with me. Mm. The, the, there's a fear that you'll just get tired of me, may not like me, may not want to hang out with me. Mm. I, I don't I don't go to that total like, yeah. oh, you're going to leave me. Right. I, I don't feel that. But I think what scares me is that you'll just get tired of me mm-hmm. and you'll just exist with me mm. in sort of this – just this, this mediocre, yeah, yeah, yeah that you won't. The I always tell you, I don't connection. need to know that you love me, I need uh-huh. to know that you like me. Yeah. So it's kind of whatever the opposite of you wouldn't like hanging out with me, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be one of your good friends. I think that's where hmm. the fear is for me. If it's true what you're saying, then there's some threat there that you won't really want to be around me. So I gotta defend myself, yeah, so that you don't. That's so interesting. You don't check out and move on. In yeah, a sense. yeah. It's interesting too because when you go to that deeper place and you share um, those deeper feelings, like my fear is um, that you're not going to want to hang out with me. That I mean, it softens my heart and it lets me lean in. Then to go, oh, I hate that you feel like that. That's not what I want you to feel. I know. I and, wish I could go there. Yeah. I, it just. I think it's such muscle memory for yeah. me. It's such a quick knee jerk mm-hmm. reaction mm-hmm. to just to defend myself, explain it, mm-hmm. so that all this can be done and over with. Because you'll get it if I can explain it. Because I'm good at explaining myself. <laughs> and yet, over 31 <laughs> years, know. it has never worked. Yeah. But. What I'm beginning to understand is that in those moments, you may not even be aware that that's what's happening because it is so knee jerk. And I've been trying something new. When that does happen, I I will say something along the lines of, I see you're feeling the need to defend yourself. What's happening? Hmm. I, did that that on, mentioned I did that on Sunday. Ah. And it worked because you were like, oh, oh, yeah, no. And I, we had a whole different conversation. And I was like, hmm. I'm on to you now. Yeah, now I just really revealed good. my my secret tactics. Well, cause, I mean, essentially you were, I didn't feel that was disrespectful. Like mm-hmm. you didn't say it like, oh, look at you just defending no, yourself. No, 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 no. I, right. I, I genuinely was that. like, I, I notice that you are defending yourself right now and you obviously feel the need to defend yourself right now. Do you, you know, do you feel attacked? Do you feel... You know, tell me what's going on. Yeah. It just it just went very differently. It felt like we were able to get sort of under the water mm-hmm. line a little bit mm-hmm. deeper in terms of yeah. what was going on. Yeah. That is true. Wow. Yeah. So Erin is learning this. probably more than she ever dreamt she would learn um, about Aaron's her spouse uh, being defensive. <laughs> so Erin, I'm hoping that this conversation is helpful to hear because it can be frustrating when you bring something up. And your spouse does get defensive as a protection. It's a reaction. You know, I just encourage you to do kind of like Greg and I just did, you know, really trying to understand what's driving it. You can't control what's happening for him or what he chooses to do, but you absolutely can be curious. And if it is setting, once he def- if he defends himself and it sets you off into the cycle, the vortex, then, you know, it's totally appropriate to step away, take a time out and tell him I'll be back. But right now I need to step away because I can't hear I can't see you when you're defending yourself. So I'm going to step yeah. away and I'll be back. Yeah. So Aaron, well done. Great question. It helped us. Uh-huh. For sure. <laughs> we, we should get a copy of our own book just because of how helpful <laughs> I'll <sign> that was. It. <laughs> but Aaron, seriously, though, look out for your copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. You know, if you're listening today and you have a question for us, again, we'd love to answer that. So contact us. Click the link in your show notes to leave us a voicemail. 
Thank you for joining us for Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. We hope that this episode gave you some practical tools to be emotionally connected to your spouse. And it helped me to figure out why I defend. So I have grown just from our own. I'm so glad. For our own episode. So, hey, be sure to like, listen, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, we want you to have a seat at the table every week as we help equip you and your spouse to have a lifelong and satisfying marriage. You know, we want to see you grow spiritually, both as individuals and as a couple, so that you can invest in other couples to help them build thriving marriages. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk with you again next week about this crazy little thing called marriage. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.